it's the Catalyst Podcast, Food for the Journey, Season 2, Episode 5. Setting you up for success, Part 5, Your Potential. Hi, I'm Michael and welcome back to the Catalyst Podcast. We have some fun today. I've got something a little bit different for you. So before we get started, I'd like to say a massive thank you to our sponsors, the Masterclass Sessions for Season 2. If you click on the link in the description box, you can book yourself on Cheryl Chapman's session where she's going to be exploring your why, how to understand why you do what you do, how to articulate in business and how to get it across to people and to live it. So I've booked on that. It's going to be good fun. Um, So make sure you check it out. So, so far in these last episodes, we've looked at setting you up for success, whatever you want that to be for you in your life. We started by saying, well, what's what's your purpose? You know, why, why are you here? <laughs> Those kind of deep questions. And once we understood that a bit more, we then said, well, what are you passionate about? What really fires you up and how can you tap into that passion and live with that passion and then the purpose together? Then we started saying, well, what processes do you have to put into place? You know, what things can you set up to look after yourself and your business? And what performances are you going to have to put in? And remember, we said that your success will come from the synergy between your processes and your performance. And in the previous episode, we looked at people and we said, regardless of what it's ever success you want in your life, it's going to involve people, whether it involves people to create your your success or the people you want to celebrate with, it's you're not going to really do it on your own, are you? Which was enjoyable to think about, really. I, that was one of my favorites. So today we're looking at your potential. Oh, if there's one thing that I live passionately and love, it's helping people and myself to explore potential, just what you are capable of as a human being. If you can listen to this, right, living in this time we're living in, what's what's possible it's an incredible thing to think about and I've got some different things we're going to do today to explore so we're going to play some games got some little exercises I'd like to try out with me I'm going to give an example of a fantastic human being who to me is the epitome of somebody who actualizes their potential and then I'm going to give you five different ways that you can feed it and nourish it because it's one thing to say I'm capable of stuff it's another thing to actually go out and do something with that right so um if you are on the bike if you are in the gym, if you are driving the van, if you're walking the dog, maybe you can't really do this right now. So obviously if you're on the go, you know, be safe. <laughs> but if you are somewhere where you sat down, uh, you got access to a pen and piece of paper, um, I'd like you to take part in this with me. And if you can't, then obviously just when you get home or whenever, just get a cup of tea or coffee and sit down and do this. But do try this exercise because it's very, very insightful. To be honest, I can't remember where I got it from. Somebody made it up. I started using it and it's brilliant. So I'm going to give you, how many have we got? Uh, Four different little mini exercises we're going to try now together to just give you an example of just what you're capable of. Because if I say to you, you've got unlimited massive potential, you might think, yeah, or you might think, really? But once you've, what I call, have what I call one success and you've seen it or you've got a result, you can't argue with that result, you know? So if you're a parent and you've raised a child and kept them alive, it's a pretty good result. You know, if you've built your business and you've got an income coming in, you're doing well, right? So... It's having results to look back to. So first one, I want you to draw yourself a circle. Just draw it now. Don't think about it too much. Just draw your circle, okay? So you've drawn your circle. Hopefully I haven't lost you already, right? You haven't drawn a triangle. So you've drawn a circle. Now what I want you to do is draw a second circle next to it, same size, but just try and make it better than your first circle. And really try on this. Really focus. Give yourself a second go, all right? And just think, right, well, that's my first one. Yeah, and you're drawing it. And have a look at it, right? 
Again, you've got to play along if you're walking the dog. Just Im imagine. Final thing they do, we're going to do the third circle. But this time, I want you to try and make your third circle, the best one, better than the second one. Not better than the first, better than the second one, right? So draw a third circle now and really try. Give 100% effort, focus. Draw that third circle. All right, so you've got three circles. Have a look at them. If you're anything like most people when they do this, your second circle or your third is often the best one. Sometimes people say it's the first one. Okay, what's going on there? What's going on there is that you can make rapid improvements through focus. All we've done there is given an example of how if you're really focused, you can make something better. You know, as I just said, draw a circle, so you draw a circle. So imagine in your life, you're drawing circles all the time, doing things. But when you're really focused, you can tap into a potential to get better very quickly through more focus. So if your third circle is the best, that means, you know, you, you really try and buy the third one. Often people say the second one's the best because by the third one, they put themselves under pressure. Occasionally people say the first one was the best because they weren't really, you know, they were just not trying too hard. So regardless of which circle it was, the point is you won't have three circles are all the same. So that's the first thing to think about in your potential. How could you improve things just through focus? Really trying for like, what, a few seconds? Really trying. So that's the first one. And the reason I want to start with that is because most people say to me, oh, I'm rubbish at drawing. Well, you're not. You can draw a circle. <laughs> right, let's explore your potential in a second way. Let's use your imagination, one of the greatest gifts that we have as human beings. So I want you to close your eyes. Again, if it's safe to do so, right? If it's not, don't. Or maybe if you're walking the dog, just stop. The dog won't mind, as long as you're on the leash. And imagine a purple monkey. So you see the purple monkey in your mind. Where is it? And what's it doing? Now, if you're anything like most people, you will have all sorts going on in your head. Or you might just see a purple monkey in a black void. Well, it doesn't really matter. All right, so what's going on with that? I, I nicked that from The Simpsons where they said something like, purple monkey dishwasher. <laughs> they came with this random phrase, and they just thought, oh, purple monkey. What happened there, probably, is you saw the purple monkey, but then you might have seen it on a mountain, you might have seen it in a car, you might have seen it driving, you might have seen it eating a banana. You've added more information to the input that you got, right? You didn't just think of a purple monkey. Your brain, depending on where you're at today, added all sorts of extra information. Now, that's your imagination. That's the true potential of your imagination. So next time you're stuck visualize the thing in your mind and just see what you can add to it, take away, what's going on with that. Imagination is absolutely incredible thing. And use the purple monkey example, right? Especially if you're dealing in business with somebody and they think they're not very creative. You hear that sometimes. I hear that people say, I'm not very creative. Just get them to do purple monkey <laughs> and, and ask them, what did you see? And they'll tell you. So there you go. You've just created something in your mind. Right, so that's your imagination helping you to see just, you know, what's what's lying dormant that you could create. Let's do another one. This is one of my favorite ones. So I've been learning to speak Spanish. I love it. Me gusta. Love speaking Spanish. And I want to give an example from French because I used to learn, well, I'm still learning French, but it used to be my first, the first language I tried to learn. And again, a lot of people say, well, I can't speak languages, especially if you're a native English speaker, right? We're pretty lazy, aren't we? We don't speak other languages. So I just want you to hear this phrase, right? Le chat est sur la chaise. Le chat est sur la chaise. So, le chat, imagine it's actually spelt like le chat, the cat, right? Le chat, sounds like cat. Et sur, is on. Imagine like a surly cat, you know, being a bit surly. The cat is on. Le chaise, the chair. Le chat est sur la chaise. The cat is on the chair. Le chat est sur la chaise. The cat is on the chair. Again, regardless how he, whether you could say that, whether you could think, what's he talking about? Just try this. The what was on the chair? Yeah, le chat. Et sur la, what was it? Chaise. Le chat est sur la chaise, right? 
if you even just remembered one word, you've just spoken another language. You just understood another language. So you've just tapped into language skills that you got lying dormant. Les chats et sur les chaises. The cat is on the chair. I'm going to come back to where that came from. So there's some ideas for potential with your language, right? Let's do another one. If you're sat at a desk, we can see a mug. Again, if you can't see a mug, just visualize it using your visualization skills from Purple Monkey. <laughs> How many different uses could you use that mug for? What could you put in the mug? And just start to think about them. What kind of liquids? Could you put any solids in there? Could you put some diamonds in there? Could you put a shoe? Is it too big? <laughs> There's no right or wrong answer with that. But what we're tapping into there is something called mindsight, which I want to come back to um, towards the end. But eyesight is what you see. And mindsight means what it could be used for, or what it could mean. I learned it from Les Brown. Check out Les Brown. Incredible motivational guru. Thank you, Les. I love you. And he said, eyesight is what you see, but mindsight is seeing beyond, seeing with the mind, seeing what it could mean. So if you use your mindsight on something, right? So say in your business, you're like, your eyesight is the number on the and on the balance books and from your accountant. The mindsight is what could you use that money for, right? The eyesight is the underperforming employee. The mindsight is thinking, why is that? Have they got a problem that I can help them with, right? Mindsight, very powerful. So what you're tapping into there, you're tapping into a combination of things, really. Imaginative uh, abilities, visual spatial skills, empathy, all sorts of different bits. So that's just a bit of fun. Right, hopefully you enjoyed that. To explore your potential, explore you know through the circles. That's all about rapid improvements through focus. The purple monkeys, your imagination. Les chairs, yeah. Cat is on the chair. Language potential you've got, and the mug is your mindset, your ability to understand what something could mean. That's essential in business, isn't it? Not what it is, what can it mean? Imagine showing a phone to somebody from five hundred years ago. They'd be like, "What is that black thing?" You know. So I want to now um, help you with something that comes from my teaching days that was very misunderstood, not so much by children, but by teachers. And I think with business at the moment as it is, this is a real issue for leaders and managers in relation to employees and for employees in relation to workload. Um, and it's this, people getting confused between potential and capacity. So I'll tell you a little story that illustrates the point and then we'll look a little bit at it in business. So when you're a primary school teacher, you teach all the different subjects like I used to do. So maths, English, science, PE, it's great. And one of the most important parts and fun parts teaching maths is liquid. So you teach all different bits, you know, telling time, number bonds. But liquid, one of the best um, lessons I ever taught is relation to volume. And you just get children to play with water and sand. It's great. And they just put water and sand in different containers and they start to get a feel for like, all right, that much can hold that much and that's that because you're trying to help them understand. When you're talking about the capacity of a container, it's how much can it hold, right? So you say the capacity is half a litre, it's a litre, it's 500 millilitres, whatever. And the children, the younger they are, they don't understand this. They think they can just keep putting water in and as much as it can until it gets to what they call overflow. And that's a really key moment for a child's learning where they're like, ah, I can't just put in as much water as I want. There's a point where I can't put in any more, right? So what we're saying is the potential um, of water is not the same as the capacity of the container. You understand what I'm saying? If you've got, I don't know, a gallon of water, but a container only holds a litre, they're not the same thing, are they? The capacity is not as strong as the potential is. How is that relation to business and to health and to life? Well, somebody's potential is not the same as their capacity. 
if you look at it in a workout terms, when I used to do CrossFit, they talk about your workout um, capacity. It means the amount you can put in and the amount of work you can do, volume, your capacity. And one of the ways of measuring progress is if you can do more. So if you're able to do more reps or you're quicker, your capacity can actually grow and you have a greater workout capacity. So imagine if you're a runner, you know, you can only run for five five minutes and then you can run for 20, 30 hours, you do a marathon. Your capacity has actually grown your ability to put in the effort, but your potential is still untapped. It's still untapped because think about it. If your capacity exceeded your potential, you're not really growing, are you? So just stay with me on this. I know it's a bit tricky. So a big problem that I have, I speak to managers and leaders is when they talk about somebody's performance or they talk about somebody's workload and they don't want to, you know, they want to hold them to account for problems, but they don't want to overdo it. Well, understanding that somebody's potential is like long-term. Think of it like that. Their potential to who be whoever they want to be. The capacity is how much they can handle at the moment. So i give an example. You know, you've got somebody and they're in charge of three projects and you know they're brilliant. They've got great potential. But if you give them that fourth one at the moment, you know, grandma's not too well. They've got young baby. That fourth one's going to get them to overflow. See what I did there, right? So the that one extra thing, yes, they might have the capacity at some point to handle it, but not right now, right? Not right now. does not mean they don't have the potential to get to where they want to go long-term and all that. That's untouched. The capacity is where they're at at the moment, all right? So think about yourself. Where's your container pretty small? You know, they take on certain things. Where's your other containers? Massive, and you've got great capacity, right? And it helps to manage your workload and your expectations of yourself because your potential is vast. Even with those silly exercises, you start to tap into saying, flipping heck, what can I do here? And wow, I never really thought of that. I didn't really realize I could speak another language or I had a good imagination. But your capacity is how much you can handle at the moment. So please don't confuse your potential for your capacity. Your capacity as a human being is incredible, enormous, vast, untapped. Every time I do some kind of fitness challenge, I never reach my true potential and go, I ain't got any more left to give. I'm always left thinking, wow, oh, what's next? Could I have done a bit more, all right? And again, in business, that's a difficult one, isn't it? To pull back a bit, you know, and give it 8.5 out of 10 over a long period of time rather than 10 out of 10, you know? So the potential think long-term, the capacity think, you know, what am I capable of? What's this person capable of at the moment, right? I really wanted you to understand that because a lot of people are overflowed at the moment. Yeah, there's just too much. It's nothing to do with them as people. It's nothing to do with their potential. It might just be through a combination of factors. They only have the capacity to do so much at the moment, you know? And part of business and part of being a leader is the ability to separate the two. So they might have made a, a mistake on an issue because they're just over capacity, they're, but their potential is untapped. And you help them to see that and separate the two out and they'll thank you for it. So I want to give you an example of a real life human. You know me, I like to give you examples of real people, not just talking kind of theories, people that really tap into their potential. So where I got the French thing from was Eddie Izzard. Now, Eddie Izzard is an incredible human being. So first of all, she's very funny. She, if you go on, check out any of her stand-up comedy. Absolutely brilliant. She's run all these marathons, which I'll come back to. She's fluent in different languages. She's done straight drama in America where it's more like serious stuff. She's very intelligent and very witty and, you know, in my opinion, a good human being. And where I got the idea of the French one was she does this stand-up 
um, bit where she talks about English people and, and people not being able to understand jokes in other languages. And she said, I'm going to prove that you can understand a joke in another language. And she teaches the audience these little phrases. The cat is on the chair, the mouse is on the floor, and the monkey is in the tree. And he just keeps repeating it. And at first, when she's saying it, like, there's a few heckles and giggles. Nobody really gets it. But she just keeps dropping it throughout the act, throughout the hour and a half. By the end of it, says, you know, the punchline in full French, and everybody roars in laughter. Now, what most people don't know is she set herself the challenge of doing fluent stand-up comedy shows in, I think I've got this right, France and Germany, right, in two different languages, in something like six months, gave herself massive accountability and said, I've got to do this because I've got to do a show on stage in six months in two different languages. Now, she managed it, which is incredible. And I'm not saying you have to do that, but can you understand? She was tapping into something there, even as an English person, that inherent ability of language, right? So that was amazing. But then what I thought was really inspiring was that she did these marathons. Now, the exact figures escape me. I've got the most recent one she did. Uh, She did 32 marathons. That's 26 and a half miles, by the way. 32 marathons in 31 days for charity. That is insane, by the way. Not the amount of distance traveled, the lack of rest in between Um, and she did ones where she went around England and then she also did ones in uh, South Africa absolutely incredible but what I loved about it was she filmed it and like the first marathon she was there like getting a pint (laughs) and an ice cream going like not taking this too seriously and let's just see how it goes and she was saying like I'm just a normal human being I'm just going to try and do something extraordinary but she had the faith that her body would adapt and it did to the point where now I don't even know how many marathons she's done I think it's something like it must be at least 120, right? I've done three, <laughs> you know? But that inspires me because I think, what's she tapping into there? What, what is that? That's potential, right? Not capacity, potential. Absolutely incredible. So check out Eddie Izzard if you need an example of somebody as a human being who's just, just living life and just going for it. It's absolutely amazing. I find it very inspiring. Okay, so let's come back to you. Five different ways. How can you actually feed this potential? You think, I enjoyed those exercises. Yeah, I think she sounds inspiring. I want to do something. What can I do? First thing is to tap into eyesight and mindsight. So um, just pick an everyday object or pick a situation, right? Google the paperclip test. Um, There's all sorts of different ways. And just pick something, usually something tangible, and think, what can I use this for? What could it be used for? And try and come up with as many different reasons and things you can think of, not just one, you know, a mug is for coffee. No, think mindset, think my mug is for whatever it needs to be. I could make two, have two earrings if I had little ones, you know, just just explore that. And that's really, really good way of exploring your potential. Okay. Second one, and this is one I definitely recommend, start a new hobby. Start something that's difficult, that requires skill, that you don't want to give up on for a while and just see what happens. Some of the best times in my life have come from having hobbies, playing music, doing martial arts, speaking languages, writing, reading, fitness, the hobbies. But there have been ways where I've explored my potential because like I said right at the start, once you've done something once, you've done it. <laughs> and it's always going to be in your memory and you're going to go, well, I, I actually did that. And the amount of people that have told me that, they said, Mike, I've done this thing. I'm like, well done. Hey, see, tapping into that potential, exploring that potential. So start a new hobby. Go on, start something today. Make it small if you, if you feel overwhelmed, but make it something you're interested in. Third way to explore and tap into your potential is to be very curious, to ask why. When something happens, think, why is that? I don't mean like, why? what have I done wrong? Why is it always my fault? Not those kind of questions. Just think, why? Why is this happening? Why is this not happening? Why am I feeling this way? What's going on today? Yeah, 
Just be curious about things. Try and look for things. You're not trying to get answers. You're not trying to get solutions. You're not trying to get, you know, insights. You're just thinking, why? It's a great question, right? If you've got young children, you know that. Why? Because of this. Yeah, but why? I mean, sometimes we stop asking why. And that's why we stop tapping into potential, you know? Fourth one is I want you to imagine yourself like a five-year-old or think back to when you were five. Now, you know, I'm not saying, you know, would they be proud of the person you are? Hopefully they would. But what, what if five-year-old you think, what, do they, what did you want to be when you grew up? Me, I didn't even think like that. I was too busy dressed up as a ghostbuster, <laughs> doing lots of, what did I, uh, lots of art, shouting. Um, <laughs> but seriously, just think, what would five-year-old me think of what I'm doing? Would they be interested? Would they think, yeah, you're, you're really, you know, you've taken your life and run with it. Or, oh, come on, you need to, you know, dress up as a Ghostbuster again. Just think about that five-year-old version of you. Maybe there's something there. And the final one is, like I mentioned with Eddie Azard, Google real-life examples. Just type in human potential. Human potential in sports, business, medicine. Oh, my goodness. We are really, at the moment, tapping into the potential of medicine to cure and improve lives, aren't we? absolutely glorious. I just think it's so inspiring. I'm not a particularly great scientist, right? Got a B, a GCSE. I love, I love science. I find it very interesting. But I've just got so much respect for the people who can sit there for 15 hours in a lab and check through protein strands, right? And run tests. And I know some scientists and it requires such dedication. So that's just one example where we're tapping into the real potential of human abilities. Where else is there? And again, once you've read about an example of somebody who's done something, that is real. You, your brain can't go back to where it was before you knew that. You know, you just think, wow, that's really cool. <laughs> All right. So those are five ways that you can explore potential and have some fun with it. Seriously, have some fun with it. Potential and, and know that you'll never, you'll never reach the end of it. And that's the fun bit, right? That's the fun bit. It's like music. There's no end to it. The fun in it is exploring the potential of, of good vibes and feelings and beats and spaces and things like that. In the next episode, we're going to be talking about a different topics. So hopefully you've got something over these last five episodes. You think, you know what, no matter what I'm trying to do this year, I think I can use that as a framework. I'm going to focus on my purpose and tap into my passions, get some good processes in place and put some good performances in and make sure I look after my people and myself. And I'm going to explore that potential. And then it might feed back into all the other ones and, and work together. Because in my opinion, my experience, that's what success and happiness is. You know, you're exploring that potential. We've all got a life. We're just kind of taking it for a ride. So take it for a ride. So three things, actually, until we speak again. The first one, if you're a Spanish speaker, um, we've now got Catalyst podcast in Spanish, El Camino para el Viaje. That's been really cool, you know, exploring that. So if you're a Spanish speaker, or if you're not, and you want to learn some Spanish, um, check that out. If you just put that into a podcast or Spotify, however you listen to this. Second thing is just pick one thing from today. So right, I'm going to go and do that circles thing. I'm going to teach my daughter about Purple Monkey. I'm going to check out Eddie Izzard. I'd recommend do the hobby. Start a new hobby. You know, have some fun with it. Something new. Explore your potential. And until we talk again, just remember, regardless of your potential, regardless of what's going on in your life, somebody loves you very, very much, just as you are. All right. So take care and speak soon.